familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. We have all heard about SIDS in one way or another. We may even know someone who has lost their baby because of it. It's sad, scary, and unimaginable. What can we do about it? Can breastfeeding our babies actually make a difference? Today, we're talking with Teresa Pittman, leader of Lalicha League in Canada and author of many books, including The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding and the new book, Sweet Sleep. This is The Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. Is there a breastfeeding topic you'd like to learn more about? Send us your story ideas through our website at newmommymedia.com. That's also where we can ask specific breastfeeding questions to our team of experts. Email us or call our voicemail at 619-886-4775 and our experts will answer your question on a future episode. Here's Sunny with more information on how to become a virtual panelist on our show. Yes, we want you guys to be part of the Boob Group, and there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Leilani was telling you about our Ask the Experts segment, uh, where our experts can answer your questions. All you have to do is go to our website, select an expert, and, and send the question off. There's a couple other segments that I want to tell you about. Uh, we have a segment called Boob Oops, and it's where we, f- we share some fun breastfeeding stories, some things that may have happened to you guys where maybe it's a little bit embarrassing of a story is something that you feel comfortable sharing with our audience. So that's a great way. Uh, we have a new segment called uh, Mama Hacks where we talk about various uh, hacks for breastfeeding or pumping, little little things that help you in your journey um, that you want to share with other mothers and make breastfeeding or pumping a little bit easier for you. So that's an opportunity. And we're always looking for recommendations when it comes to breastfeeding apps. There's a lot of different apps out there. Some are better than others. Um, as you guys know, we have a, an app for the Boob Group where you can actually listen to our episode. So we're interested in knowing um, what you guys are using so we can share that information with other breastfeeding mamas. So if you're interested in any of these segments, the best thing to do is go to our website, go to the contact link on our website, and uh, just send us an email and can participate in the segments that way. And then hopefully we'll be using that content on our shows. So you'll become internet famous or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. So we're going to introduce our panelists, and today we have Amy with us. Amy? 
Hello, um, I'm Amy, and this is my first child, and she is almost two months, and I am 25. Good. And Sarah? My name is Sarah. I'm 28, and this is my first child, Braxton. Hi, Braxton. <coughs> Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so before we start today's show, we're going to talk about um, it's. This is actually a fun video that's uh, that I found that I actually posted to our Boob Group Facebook page. But I thought it was really, really cool, and it was worth talking about um, just to talk about how things have changed over the years. So you guys all know Sesame Street, especially those of you listening that have other children <laughs> that may be a little bit older. You, you're probably very familiar with Sesame Street, and one of the characters that has been on there for years and years and years. Uh, her character name is Maria. Her real life name is Sonia um, she is actually leaving the show and and she's retiring and um, one of the things that she's been talking about as part of her retirement you know it's been getting some press is you know what are your most memorable moments from Sesame Street right and one of the the things that she's talking about is an episode now this happened in the late 70s um, but it was an episode and she was actually on the show talking to I think I don't think it was a, a an actual character I think it was like one of the little kids on the show about breastfeeding and at the time she was literally breastfeeding her own infant Um, she just had a baby and she was talking about the importance of breastfeeding the baby was latched you really couldn't see anything but I'm telling you what it was like two or three minutes of talking about breastfeeding and the importance of breastfeeding and actually using terms that I really don't think um, Sesame Street would use nowadays, like saying the milk is coming from my breast. I just don't, I don't see Sesame Street doing that nowadays. Um, But I was so fascinated by this segment. Again, I posted it to our Facebook page. So if you guys are interested, go and check it out. But I kind of want to get some feedback from the ladies here in the studio and also on the phone. You know, what do you think about this? If you saw, you know, Sesame Street doing that nowadays would you be surprised what were your thoughts I think that's really cool because it kind of helps normalize it and teaches kids at a young age that it's okay and then hopefully as they get older it normalizes breastfeeding and makes it um, more of a normal thing to see in public you know because right now there's a lot of heat about you know breastfeeding in public is it okay is it not okay I mean obviously it's okay but there's a lot of people that don't think it is okay so I think it would help normalize it in society for sure at least breastfeeding on sesame street's okay mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> now if you could tell me how to get to it you know? <laughs> um, so sarah what do you think i agree i mean i think that the more that's on tv and saying that it's okay and good it's gonna make it societally acceptable yeah more more so 
Well, I think what's so good about this too is that it's teaching kids at a young age that it's okay, right? It's it's you know kind of getting that into um, our minds that you know when infants and toddler age. Well, you know, if you think about it, there's probably more kids today watching Sesame Street that are having moms breastfeeding. So it is probably more the norm right now for that age group because right. that is the young ones that are breastfeeding. Yeah. So I think though back in the 70s you know that was huge controversy I'm assuming because it was in the 60s when they introduced formula and so they were pushing formula so much so that she must have been a really strong leader in breastfeeding for her to stand out there I'd love to do a little research on that bet she she was a league leader or something (laughs) she might have been Mm -hmm. yeah Teresa any thoughts on this well you know my kids are quite old and so I actually remember seeing this originally and Sesame Street was known to be very pro-breastfeeding. They also had um, Buffy St. Marie, who was a singer from the time, and who breastfed her little boy on the show and talked about it. So it was it was not an unusual topic on that show. Um, and I used to applaud every time I saw it, but it, I, I think they really were uh, pioneers in that way. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> Go Sesame Street. Uh-huh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on The Boob Group, we're discussing how breastfeeding can reduce SIDS. Our expert, Teresa Pittman, is a leader of La Leche League in Canada. And she's authored several books, including The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding and the new book, Sweet Sleep. Thank you for joining us, Teresa, and welcome to the show. Teresa, can you tell us what is SIDS? So SIDS is really S-I-D-S. It stands for Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. And it's really a diagnosis of exclusion. It means when a baby dies unexpectedly in their sleep and after they, you know, do a thorough check, they're not able to find a cause for it. Uh, So that's what's classified as SIDS. Okay. And how many babies in the U.S. have been affected by it in the last few years? So in the past few years, the rates have been, um, it's been about 1750, uh, 1800 per year in the U.S. Okay, that's a high number still, huh? Well, when you consider the number of babies that are born every year, um, it's not that high and has dropped from about 130 babies per 100,000 to about 50 per 100,000 over the past few years. Okay, do you think that the numbers decrease because of the back-to-back sleeping campaign? Um, well, you know, we don't know for sure. They, they're, certainly the people who started that campaign will, would suggest that, that at least some of the uh, decreases related to that, and it well may be. Um, but other things have happened during the past few years as well. Um, one of the things is that br- the breastfeeding rates have increased significantly in the past 20 to 30 years. So that may be a factor. Another is you know, because it's a diagnosis of exclusion, as people get better at diagnosing things, you know, better at doing tests on babies that have died and that kind of thing, there's more and more deaths that we actually know the cause of. 
And so that gives you a lower number. Mm, that makes sense. Sarah, have you been told um, to place your baby on his back while sleeping for yeah. this purpose? Yes. At each pediatrician visit, she makes sure that that's what, how we're letting him sleep. Mm-hmm. And every time, ever since or prior to, was it started? Did they start telling you about that prior to or only after you had your baby? Um, I didn't go to the pediatrician until after, so I didn't. She didn't tell me specifically until after we had started seeing her, but I had read it and heard it from other moms. Mm-hmm. How about you, Amy? Um, the pedi- I've only seen one pediatrician so far, and he never even talked about how she was sleeping or anything. Um, and actually, to me, it made sense to not have the child sleep on their back because, you know, like if people are drunk, they tell you not to have them sleep on their back because they could choke on the vomit. So I thought that it would be safer to sleep them on their side and definitely not on their stomach because, you know, it seems like they could suffocate. And so, but then somebody told me that they should actually sleep on their back and that they wouldn't choke on their vomit. So I was like, okay, but I never really have her sleep directly on her back. She's always slightly inclined or if she is sleeping on her side or on her chest, it's like right next to me. So I'm like really aware of where she's at. Mm-hmm. Teresa, can you tell us what the triple risk model is? So the, the triple risk model is, has been uh, suggested by a bunch of researchers. And, and what they think is that a baby dies of SIDS when three risk factors come together. One is that there is something in the baby that is not working correctly. So some kind of a, a baby problem that the baby is born with. Um, the second is that the baby is at this particular developmental stage. So almost all babies who die of SIDS are between two months and six months, and the highest rate is between two months and four months. And so they they think that it, you know it's that 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 risk factor in the baby, that risky developmental stage between two and six months, and then some kind of stressor that comes that comes into play as well. And we have an idea of what some of those stressors are. We know that they are risk factors. And one is the baby seems to be the baby sleeping on its stomach. Um, and sleeping on the side also is a, can be a risk factor. But some of the other ones are things like being overheated, if the baby is dressed too warmly or is in too warm a, a place when it's sleeping. Um, cigarette smoke, if the baby is exposed to cigarette smoke at all, that's another stressor. So we know what some of those stressors are. Um, and the thinking is that all three of those have to be in place in order for the baby to die of SIDS. So for some babies, even if they are at that developmental age and they have these stressors there, because they don't have that inborn risk factor, they still won't die of SIDS. But the problem is we, we can't identify what that risk factor is. So we kind of have to treat all babies as though they might have it. Okay. All right. Well, can breastfeeding help reduce SIDS? Well, I think you're asking that question incorrectly. Um, because what I would, breastfeeding, I would remind you, is the normal way to feed a baby. So it's not that breastfeeding reduces the SIDS. It's that formula feeding increases the risk of SIDS. And we do know that formula feeding does increase the risk. In fact, it more than doubles the risk. That's uh, that's significant, and, and I'm glad that it's you... It's very significant. You know, Amy or Sarah, did you ever hear about the effects of formula versus uh, breast milk? Not in that regard, no. What exactly in formula would 
increase the chances of SIDS in a newborn? Well, it, it's probably not exactly what is in formula, but what is not in formula. Breastfeeding um, reduces the risk of infections. And we know that many cases of SIDS are associated with the baby having some kind of mild infection. So not something that would normally kill the baby, but the baby might have a cold, the baby might have, you know, an intestinal infection, a diarrhea kind of thing. And those are, those are significantly linked to SIDS. Because breastfeeding prevents those, because breastfeeding ha- breast milk has antibodies and immune factors in it that, that reduces the rates of those, that's one way that it can um, reduce the risk. But there's more. Yeah, of course. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier, too, was um, when moms are considering, you know, formula versus, uh, you know, maybe getting donor milk. I imagine, you know, that you would be a strong proponent for uh, donor milk, right, Mm -hmm. to help protect these little babies if mom can't produce enough on her own? Uh, yeah, certainly. Um, don't you know? Donor milk. The World Health Organization recommends that that donor milk is certainly superior to to formula in terms of protecting the baby against infections and other other conditions. Great. When we come back, we will discuss with Teresa how breastfeeding actually reduces SIDS. We will be right back. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. We are here with Teresa Pittman, author and leader of Lelichi League in Canada. Teresa, what are the main ways breastfeeding can help reduce SIDS? Um, I, I talked before the break about um, how it reduces infections and the link between infections and SIDS. Another is that, that breastfeeding promotes normal brain development, and, and it's the baby's brain that controls functions such as breathing and the heart rate and those all those kinds of things. Um, formula does not promote brain development in the same way. And so they think that, um, you know, if you have a baby who's, who's at risk of SIDS, that for the breast milk may sort of boost the brain development and help it avoid that. Um, one of the things that often happens when, when babies are, are breastfeeding or, or feeding from a bottle is that they may have, you know, they're not that good at swallowing and, and breathing at the same time initially, and so they may get some milk in their lungs. If a baby gets breast milk in his lungs, it doesn't, it's, it's a, a natural fluid and it doesn't inflame the lungs, it doesn't irritate the lungs so that inflammation develops. If a baby gets formula in its lungs, on the other hand, that's, that's a foreign fluid, and the baby's lungs will often become inflamed. And, they, and that is something that is sometimes seen in babies who, have, who die of SIDS, that their, their lungs are um, irritated and affected by that. And so that can cause a problem. It can also cause the baby to stop breathing periodically while it's sleeping, um, even if it does start to breathe again. There's also less risk of reflux, which is when acid from the stomach um, 
get, comes back up the baby's throat, and that that acid can also be uh, inhaled into the lungs and cause the same problem of inflammation in the lungs. Um, babies who are breastfed are less likely to develop that because, again, the milk is easier to digest. It doesn't cause the system to produce so much acid. Um, breastfeeding calms the baby. Um, we know from a lot of research that breastfeeding calms a baby better than anything else, calms them and soothes them so that they're less stressed. And it help, that helps them as they're going to sleep. The baby who nurses to sleep goes to sleep feeling very relaxed and very calm. Um, babies that are left to go to sleep by themselves, for example, have high levels of stress hormone um, that continue to be there. They're, the stress levels are still high even when the baby's asleep. So that is is a concern, and that and they we you know we know that stress can be a risk factor for this. Um, one of the things that's really interesting is that they think one of the things they think happens with SIDS is that the baby falls asleep, and for you know normally as your the level of oxygen in your body gets low, you kind of it, it, that stimulates you to breathe. But these babies who die of SIDS often seem to forget to breathe. Um, and they're not as easily aroused. They're not as sensitive to this this problem. But one of the things they know is that um, breastfeeding babies are more easily aroused. Um, they did a study with the babies where they had breastfeeding babies and formula-fed babies and they who, who were sleeping, and they tickled them under their nose with a feather. And the breastfeeding babies woke up quite easily where the formula-fed babies didn't respond to being tickled with the feathers. So there's something about formula that makes the baby less sensitive um, and and less easily woken up. And you might think that's a disadvantage, that your breastfeeding baby's not waking up as easily, but it's actually, uh, you know, can be life-saving for them. So it's very important. It's actually a good protective mechanism. Yeah, it's, it's a very important protective mechanism. Breastfeeding mothers are more aware of their baby. They're more tuned into their baby. They tend to have synchronized um, sleep cycles with their baby, and the research shows that the, the, their brain responds um, very quickly to, to the baby's sounds, to any little sound that the ba- baby is making. Um, and the baby who is breastfeeding, the the act of sucking at the breast is is more... It's less stressful than drinking from a bottle. So they they can coordinate suck, swallowing, and breathing more easily. Um, they are calmer. You know, they've done things with where they check the baby's heart rate and breathing rate while they're breastfeeding compared to when they're they're being fed from a bottle. And the heart rate is better. The breathing is better. Their oxygen levels are better. So it's 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 a calming, less stressful process for them and helps to keep them calm. You know, you've, you've seen, you've probably heard of some of the research where they suggest that uh, sometimes a pacifier help, can help to prevent SIDS. But ha- feeding a baby at the breast is even better than a pacifier. You know, it, 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 the pacifier seems to help because it reduces the baby's stress, but it doesn't reduce it anywhere near as well as, as breastfeeding does. So, so, okay, I mean, that makes perfectly good sense to me. Um... But what if a mom can't breastfeed exclusively and she has to give um, breast milk in a bottle? Is that still going to help protect that baby from SIDS, or does it does it just um, directly from breastfeeding? Well, you know, we we don't have all the answers to that question. Um, I certainly really try to encourage mothers who are supplementing to supplement at the breast 
rather than use a bottle um, with, a, with a feeding tube um, it, for a number of reasons. Um, but part of that is because, you know, some of these kids seem to be related to the method of feeding uh, as well as to what the milk is. So the ideal would be, if you can, to um, supplement your baby at the breast and to get help. You know, if you're finding it difficult, get some good help with doing that because, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get the hang of it, 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 it works quite well. Um, so, you know, if, if the mother is bottle feeding, what I, what I would suggest to her is that she use uh, the paste bottle feeding techniques, which you, you've probably talked about before, that are less stressful for the baby than, than the ways that, that people often feed a baby a bottle. Um, and to, you know, keep the baby close to you as you feed the baby so that, you, you know, so you're sort of minimizing some of those negative effects. And I would, you know, even if you don't have a full milk supply, really maximize the amount of time the baby spill, spends at the breast. Um, you know, people talk about don't let the baby use you for a pacifier, but that's exactly what you want to do. <laughs> let the baby be pacified at the breast because it's the best way to keep them, to reduce their stress levels. Mm-hmm. And, and and then the skin to skin, I mean, if for some reason, you know, that's Absolutely. all they Absolutely. The skin to skin is a big part of it. You know, that's one of the things about breastfeeding is it kind of combines it all in one easy step, skin to skin and milk. Yeah. And I think also with that, it just helps mom or and dad to kind of connect with their baby and, and be paying attention to their heart rates or, um, you know, just the respiration in general too, right? They become more tuned in. Absolutely. Like the, the tuning in is, is quite remarkable. You know, baby mothers can become so acutely aware of, of every little change in their baby. Um, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing. You know, a mother will often pick up that her baby is, is not feeling well when to everybody else, even the doctor, the baby seems fine. And, and maybe a day later, all the other symptoms develop, but the mom knew, <laughs> you know, she saw, she couldn't even explain what it was, but she said, something's not quite right. The baby, something's changed, you know? We call that intuition. We just had a, yeah. <laughs> we just had a subject on that one. So, yeah. so um, I'm going to ask uh, Amy and Sarah if their pediatricians uh, ever shared any of this kind of information with them. Amy? Um, no, I mean, I haven't been seeing a pediatrician regularly, so no. Um, have you read anything or have anyone anyone in the professional field at all or just your friends or family or anyone ever talk to you about this? No, not really, actually. Yeah, so we really need to get this out there and explain it more to more moms share this information. What about you, Sarah? Um, my pediatrician hasn't specifically talked to me about it, but she does have something on the wall in all of the exam rooms that talks about SIDS and that breastfeeding helps reduce it. But she also asks me each time how I'm, how he's feeding, mm-hmm. and since I am exclusively breastfeeding, I'm assuming that might be why she hasn't mentioned it. But um, there is information in the in the rooms in the exam rooms about it. But, Teresa, how can we get this information out to the public more? Well, that's why I write books <laughs> and articles and and you know talk talk to groups like this. Um, I you know, I I think it is something that many people just don't know and I think it is important that people have this information when they're making decisions you know 
it's so important to be able to make informed decisions, and you can't do that if you don't know uh, some of this information. So uh, thank you so much, Teresa and the panelists, for sharing this incredible information on how breastfeeding can indeed help reduce the SIDS rate amongst our community and worldwide. And for our Boo Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Teresa Pittman will tell us how we can help protect our babies if we can't breastfeed for one reason or another. For more information about the Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it's time for a fun segment we have on the show sometimes. It is called Boob Oops. And we love this because it makes us breastfeeding and pumping mamas just feel so much more normal. And it's where you guys share your funny stories, things that have happened while you're breastfeeding, while you're pumping, usually involves the public somehow, right? Um, This story comes from Ashley, and Ashley posts this on our Facebook page. She says, nursing my newborn, like four days old, when I realized my dog jumped the fence to play with her friend next door. I had Minnie Mouse onesie pajamas that zipped up the front I just want to see these jammies Um, zipped up the front and quickly after putting my baby down I bolted outside over a fence and a short brick wall I leisurely walked my postpartum sore self back only to realize my neighbors were staring at me but trying not to at the same time well I looked down to realize my onesie pajamas were unzipped all the way down to my belly button and wide open nips blazing in the morning sun Good times. Hmm. Well, that'll wake you up, right? You were probably, Ashley, just startled awake when you realized what had happened. And then all your neighbors were like, wow, Ashley's given us a show. <laughs> Such a funny story. Thanks so much for sending it in, Ashley. If you guys have a boob oops that you want to share with our audience, we would love to hear it. You can send us an email through our website at newmommymedia.com. But we also love to hear your voices telling your own stories. And the best way to do that is to leave us a voicemail. So our voicemail line, it'll go straight to voicemail. You won't talk to anyone, I promise, is 61 61- 9-866-4775. Leave us a message and we'll play it on our show. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents with Multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. 
New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.